Good morning, good afternoon, good night, my dudes. Welcome to the Worldwide Podcast, Uganda Edition. Yeah, we are back to Africa. But before introducing our guest, I just want to ask, how's Guilherme? How's it going, bro? Right there from Abu Fira. Where are you right now, bro? No, no, no. I'm at home. I'm at home. At home. So, all right. <laughs> not Abu Fira. That's going to be tomorrow. That's going to be tomorrow. All right. But yeah, guys, I'm super, super good. Uh, again, a couple of my friends just came to visit me. And I've been just throwing around. I've, I've like, my house is a hostel now. I don't know. Every <laughs> week I have someone new that I meet abroad. And it's amazing. It's like, it's the best feeling ever to get someone here. And I'm be, and I'm able to show them about my own area and, uh, and city and locations. Yeah. Ah, it's, it's the best, it's the best. But yeah, I'm so ready to start the podcast, Uganda. And this is even such a more interesting podcast because our last one, which is Northern Ireland. We talked so much about Uganda. And, and yeah, introducing our guest, we have Alan. How are you, Alan? Talk to us a little bit about yourself. I'm very well, thank you. My name is Alan. I'm uh, very happy to be here. Uh, as I've been introduced, I come from Uganda. I'm currently uh, doing my postgrad studies at the University of Cape Town. And I'm happy to be here. <laughs> Amazing. What do you study? Yeah, so I'm studying pharmacology. All right. Uh, yeah, a super specialty called pharmacometrics in pharmacology. Pretty specific. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why do you choose? Why do you choose Cape Town to bring your studies to? I mean, is, yeah, is it so, like a? Um, it's, it's 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 really more to do with um, them having the facilities and um, yeah. technology to do the kind of work that I would want to do. Uh, with my research, so um, and and and, and uh, luckily that um, along with that came uh, the good environment, the vibe uh, when it's the weather allows. That is right. So 100%, yeah, 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 I'm, yeah, yeah. We can actually um, yes. begin from here. I'm I'm super interested from uh, your journey from Uganda to Cape Town. We can just literally start from there. Like, when did you come to South Africa? How, why, when did you start? It, was it still from school or was it from an internship? Let's start from there. Yeah, so um, I came to South Africa in March of 2021. That's last year. And um, basically came here for studies. So um, I, I got into an advert for um, uh, doctoral studies down here. I did uh, the interview and three, four months later, I was uh, in Cape Town. I had to move uh, for a few, a few years for my studies. Okay, cool. Yeah. And um, so it was your doctor. So you're doing your PhD now, right? Yes. Or is it master's? Oh, PhD. Okay. Wow. PhD, Congratulations. Yeah. The last stage of the study field. <laughs> yeah. No more study right after. <laughs> or rather, and still, <laughs> my God, the beginning of a, a lifetime journey. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Sure. So, so you did your bachelor's and your master's back in Uganda, right? Exactly. So I did my bachelor's and yeah, master's back in Uganda. At the, okay, at the, I was just going to ask, uh, in terms of difference of, of education, what would you say like from Uganda and South Africa? Even though, like, it's a doctor's is different than a master's, but still, maybe can compare a little bit the the, the style so, of education. I think the biggest difference here is that um, education is uh, very practical. Mm -hmm. In my field, uh, 
UCT has the facilities to make things really practical and bring, uh, for example, the processes that um, underlie drug development and whatnot, all that stuff, mostly we interface with it back at home uh, virtually or through the books. But uh, here you get to actually do things and in the lab people discover new molecules, they discover new techniques. It is uh, really amazing how far um, these guys have come. So I'm, I'm glad and super, super lucky to be studying for sure, and I've I've once spoken to a to an to a Nigerian guy. He was doing a master's and um and a bachelor's in engineering back in Nigeria, and he told me that normally Central Africa, they don't really um evolve the the type of education. So they study things like in the seventies and in the sixties. They don't change the um, the style of so it's, uh, it's, study fields. It's, it's a bit unfortunate, but I, I, I wouldn't be shocked because, uh, you know, what happens is that uh, um, the demands of the world keep changing. And uh, because of that, you have to kind of evolve. To match, exactly. Adapt. Yeah. Also, if you, if you look at the budgets and stuff, we don't prioritize education. So there is probably some research that needs to be done in that area. Yeah. And, Several things to be changed, if you ask me. Exactly. But... And then he went to the United States and he got a job there as an engineer. But the things mm-hmm. that they were asking him to, 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 to observe and then to actually do, it was things that were very new to him because he didn't study those things since the things that he studied were just elements that were done like in the 70s and 60s. So imagine studying engineering, a field that is always progressing and evolving and becoming different. And then he's only studying how things were done back in the sixties and seventies. It's, it's insane to me. <laughs> like we're in 2022. So all day I mean, technology has developed so much. And then he had to relearn everything while he was in the, in, in the U S with a job. So I, I can, I can relate, I can relate a bit. Uh, the only difference is that medicine does not develop at quite the speed as engineering, right? I mean, things are changing on the day, yeah. right? With yeah, for sure. With medicine, the medicines change, yes, but uh, most of the underlying science is pretty much the same. And uh, as I've told you, the biggest difference is that um, these guys are able to, 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 to kind of go be behind the drug development process and uh, kind of, you know, look through other alternatives and sometimes even discover new, new molecules. You know, something that for me is, is, was kind of unimaginable back at home because we are like at the end of the drug development chain in, in, in my country. I mean, most of the studies that we do there are to do with drug dose optimization, trying to improve the doses that have already been approved, right? So, and these are usually of drugs that are sometimes being discontinued in the West, you know, it's unfortunate. But um, either way, uh, we make the best that we could with with the circumstances. And uh, once you get an opportunity to come here, do cutting edge, you know, kind of front end kind of research, uh, you partake of it and make the best (laughs) that you can with it. For sure, for sure. And uh, just just one more thing, uh, back to the... um, to the medicine. So you you're studying, but you're also like kind of working at the same time in the same field. How does a day in that job look for you? Are you in a lab all the time? Do you go assist anyone during that job? How is it? 
Yeah, so my day is usually, uh, what can I say? You, you have tasks that are laid um, ahead of you by the supervisor and you have to kind of plan your time in such a way that you have to deliver on those tasks. So most of our experiments are in silico. Uh, you have uh, this data from clinical trials and you kind of do in silico you know, trials, um, what if we give them twice as much the dose? What if we uh, we give them a different formulation instead of a capsule, we give them a tablet, what the effect that would have? So most of my work is actually writing code, you know, because mm. uh, uh, as a software that kind of uh, simulates and then models how these drugs are kind of disposed in the body. And um, yeah, you're actually sitting on a computer most of the time. And most importantly, you have to communicate your findings. Uh, sure. to, to, as for example, and uh, other people that have less information about the drugs. So it's mainly about researching, right? So you're doing the search. So it's mostly, mostly research. All right. Mm. No, pretty cool. And I mean, talking about, you know, the development of medicine and, and kind of stuff, how, how did you feel? I mean, because Uganda, uh, when we were talking about Uganda 10 years ago, I mean, we could imagine like a kind of, you know, not to develop a country and kind of stuff. But how did you feel this development in the last years? I mean, regarding medicine or regarding, you know, college or, I mean, the education level, let's say. So how, how did you feel like in the previous 10 years, how developed it was? I mean... I think it's uh, it's an interesting um, way or it's an interesting thing that is happening because um, if you asked me 10 years ago, um, the, the, there is a sort of comfort zone, if I may, uh, uh, but there is some sort of comfort zone that these people create. Uh, I would want to call them, our okay, our leaders create. So if somebody doesn't leave the country to see what's happening out there or probably uh, talk to people from other countries, uh, they might live comfortable in that kind of situation. But until you leave, then you get to see how things work on the other side. You actually look back and you're like, mm, we could have done much better than we are doing. So because of that, apart from, uh, of course, there's so many hospitals that have come up in my field, there's so many new drugs and whatnot, but uh, I have a feeling that we are sort of in a bubble, right? And uh, it's, it's, it's just like, uh, unless you, you, you go out and see what's happening out there, you could live your life there and, you know, you yeah, never it, know what's happening. Exactly. We talked about this in that episode that I just mentioned with a friend of mine from Northern Ireland. He was talking to us that people from Uganda, they're, and we talked also about this, that people in Uganda, they're very happy with so little because maybe we can blame it, blame it on ignorance, like the good ignorance, because they don't know much more outside of Uganda, like what is out there. Maybe they don't know what a PS5 is. Or they don't know how these big cars exist and whatnot. So they are very happy with the things that they have. He told us a story about a little boy who was so happy because he had a stick and a tire. And he was just rolling a tire down with that stick. And I and I think about it. I'm like, my God, that is amazing, first of all, to see it. But then you 
you look back and like he's so happy because he doesn't know much more from that. Sure. So yeah, it was very fascinating to hear about that. But, what, but yeah. what do you do you think that this is true? Like um from your own experience in Uganda or yeah, so so I think what happens is um Um, you, you know, happiness is a state of mind, right? It, it's not uh, the material things that actually make you happy, but it's a state of mind. So, in my country, um, the average uh, the average person has, um, you know, I mean, they want to go to school, get a job, maybe get a house and a car. Everybody's story is, is, is something like that. But um, also, we have a very close kind of family system. Um, I mean, you will have the same friends you grew up with and you hang out in the evening, drink a few beers or play a game. There's a lot of, uh, you know, five-a-side kind of football that guys do these days. It kind of keeps mm -hmm. people happy and stuff. But um, I think in my opinion, it's really, really the exposure. Um, once you get to maybe travel, it's until you travel or you, communicate with people and actually see their ways of life that realize, oh, if I had this, probably I would be happier, something like that. But um, yeah, I know we are ranked amongst the happiest countries in the world, yet we are also ranked amongst the poorest countries in the world. It's <laughs> ironic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Such a big contradiction. But it is fascinating. And I kind of see that as well with me because sometimes when I'm abroad, I'm like, I'm so happy. Uh, and I, I barely have anything there. I just, you know, I have my room and I have like my, my little things, but then I'm here back home with so much, but I'm like, damn, sometimes I just rather be like, for example, in Cape Town with like my little room and my, my <laughs> friends there. And just, I'm, I'm that I'm, I'm at my happiest, even though at home I have everything and I don't have to pay rent and I have my uh, hometown friends. It is a very fascinating thing to also definitely think about state sometimes. of mind it's like Alan yeah it's said. a state of mind sometimes we're, we're at our happiest when we have the less and yeah this is such a deep talk we can go on and on but it is very interesting to to think about this but but yeah and and yeah he that was one of the stories that that friend of mine ryan he told us about because he went to do volunteering in uganda it wasn't in Kampal. it was um uh, a city bordering I think it was, let me check. I know if I, op if I open your Google Maps. So it was a city bordering Rwanda. I don't okay. remember the That name, but it was southwest. very close to it. Yeah, so yeah. that would be the southwest of the country. That's where we, we border Rwanda. We must have gone to see gorillas and whatnot. This is a very <laughs> cool yeah, country, exactly. right? <laughs> he, he loved it so much. First of all, he even told us that his favorite uh, show to that he played because he's also a DJ was in Uganda because people knew how to have fun. You know? <laughs> it's, like they, it's 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 being appreciated for what's gone because he he's from the UK and people in the UK sometimes they can say, "Oh, please pass this song, please have this song." Blah blah blah. They're not like content with what's happening right there. But he told us that the songs that he was playing was Afrobeats and people that were going crazy and. There weren't that many people, but still they were doing a huge party just because of him giving out a show for them. So, <laughs> yeah. Appreciation. It's, it's I mean, the level is different. I mean, right there, like they, they, they do know how to appreciate everything that comes and doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
because he he, he also told that it was free. I mean, the concert. So people were actually twice happier. I mean, yeah. So yeah, it was pretty and cool. and giving him money as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. People were <laughs> actually offering him. money to him because of the songs that he was playing. So yeah, that was a cool. That was it a was, cool yeah. one. That's fascinating. So so if, do you? If you ask me... Yeah, go 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 on go on go on go on. Yeah, so if you ask me, I think uh, people in my country find a way to be happy with the smallest uh, or the least of resources you can imagine, right? And uh, they know how to have a party for any reason. You'll find people spending their life's worth of savings on a wedding party or a birthday party. Might not be as lavish as what we see here in the West, right? But um, in their small way, they are living, you know, very happy. So that's the other thing about... Um, Uganda. I mean, you could walk into a room or on a bus, you don't know this person, and just at the end of the journey, you've made a friend, right? Whereas, for example, here in Cape Town, you could be walking down a street, and then someone will think, I don't know, they will just cross the street and walk on the other side of the street. I think they are worried that you're going to rob them, or God knows what else goes through their minds. Yeah. So it is. Yeah, th that was the thing that I was just going to talk about now. Like the, the difference of um, of you being in Uganda and being in Cape Town, especially in terms of the people and the community there. What would you say like the biggest difference points would be? In South Africa, you have maybe neighbors. Um, you have um, all these sorts of people living around you, but you're not part of their lives, right? And I guess... The Western world is like that. I've been to Sweden and it was even worse. I mean, you just didn't know anybody. And, and nobody gave a damn about you, right? Whereas back at home, as I told you, you could go on a bus uh, for 10 minutes, a taxi to town, and you make a friend in those 10 minutes. So I think um, we have a welcoming attitude, uh, culture, you would say. Uh, in Uganda, if you met a stranger and ask them for directions, you're most likely to, you know, um, to be helped. Whereas, for example, here in Cape Town, somebody will look at you like, are you trying really? to rob me of something? Really? They all <laughs> won't answer you. They're, no, no, no. For they're super sketch. Oh, they're fuck. super sketch. I, I also try to do that, I think, a couple, two times. And they're a bit sketch. Like I was, I was <laughs> perpetrating an actual like crime just about yeah. to happen. Like I was just <laughs> trying to maneuver them to look at me so they would get robbed yeah. by someone else, which Everybody which does happen. Exactly. I I understand because it does happen. But from my perspective, if someone would do that to me, I would be probably the stupid person who would like give direction and then get robbed. Yeah. But thankfully, it never <laughs> happened to me. So <laughs> I'll be the prey. <laughs> for sure no, i mean like we do have some cases right here with you know getting robbed and people asking for directions but still i mean if you go into the street right here right over close to my place people will definitely give you directions for sure i mean or maybe just tell that they don't know but they will definitely speak to you like for sure but yeah, yeah it so depend. i think that's for sure that's that's, that's that's one of the biggest differences whereas this place mm. is like super developed i mean you have the paved, uh, the paved roads, you have so many things that work. There's also some that actually don't work. Like 
for example, you wouldn't get into a taxi at this time in Cape Town, right? If, if, uh, if in Cape Town, if you don't have a car or if you can't afford to use an Uber, you probably will not go anywhere in the night because everybody's in their own place. Everybody, you know. Whereas where I come from, you walk on the streets at uh, at midnight and probably, you know, you're able to get home because the, the, the small towns are still busy, you know, people are still hanging around until, you know, everybody is, 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 is off the streets. That's but, pretty um, cool. Yeah. That's, and, and, that's and also, that, that like, I was going to add, something that fascinates me is that a lot of people, they think of um, Central Africa and they think that there's a lot of crime happening. But the main crime is just the conflict between the countries. Um, the, are there any conflicts between uh, Uganda and um, and the neighboring countries at the present moment, or has everything been resolved already? Yeah, well, uh, we I think one of our biggest drawbacks in where I come from is our politics. Um, our, our political leaders don't seem to be doing a good job, if you ask me, because um, yeah, right now there is no active conflict that we are involved in, except. Uh, our neighbors to the west. Um, Congo, <clears throat> I think Congo has some internal sort of conflict going on. And uh, since I, I don't know why they always call upon neighbors to help them kind of fight their wars and stuff. So I think our army is in there trying to, you know, pacify a region in that, 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 that is close to our border. But uh, within the country, within Uganda, there is no war going yeah, on. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard that. You actually have a good relationship with Rwanda and Kenya, right? So you guys can travel to the countries without a visa or kind of stuff, right? Yes. Yeah, so there is a, a viable kind of, uh, even political, though, of course, it takes much more than just the words. So I could yeah. just go to Rwanda with my e. I don't need, you know, a visa to do that. So, yeah, that would be a nice thing, I, I must say. <clears throat> Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. This and, region, it's pretty developing right now. I mean, Rwanda and, and Uganda, after those conflicts that has happened on like, the genocide and the 90s and kind of stuff. I mean, uh, as I read, I mean, the articles and all those articles I read, I can feel that you guys are actually doing good on, you know, rebuilding the countries. Yeah, if you ask me, I think uh, there is progress, however slow, you know. Uh, it may seem there is progress. The population is growing. It's mostly active young people, uh, maybe 60, 70% below 35. So it's, 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 it's the, just at the right time because uh, we have uh, very many young people finishing school. And uh, I think if we just sorted our politics and maybe uh, employed the right people to do the economics and whatnot, we should be doing yeah. well. We we export a lot of coffee. Uh, mm -hmm. I know you guys love yeah. coffee in, in, in Europe. Ooh, and also in Brazil. <laughs> but more, yeah. more in Europe. More in Europe. Forget Brazil. No way, no way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we we sure. don't need to we don't need to export. I we don't need to import. I mean we do export. <laughs> mm -hmm. Exactly. You you guys I think are the second largest exporters of coffee something like that for sure <laughs> yeah and one of the things that i also always heard from uh from my uber drivers were when they're from congo from uh, guinea was that 
like um even though the conflicts exist they still feel much safer back in their home countries than in south africa and i mean for me that's insane to hear just because of how progressive south africa is in comparison to the other countries but still it's one of the most dangerous countries in the world and and yeah whenever i think about solutions like there's it, it's hard it's hard to take away crime but um, it's, it's, it's but, unfortunate I, i keep asking myself what the solution would be for south africa because it's a very beautiful country it has all these resources and everything is set for them but i think um one of the biggest sources or causes of that is the inequality, right? There is uh, so many people that are probably not employed or not into um, the best employment they would wish. Or it, it may be even a bit cultural because of the history. Uh, I don't want to go into the history of South Africa, but um, yeah. there is uh, something that is more than just the jobs that needs to happen <laughs> because... It, 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 in my country, we, we get by with far less than what these guys have, right? But then yeah. they are still in the tavern, stabbing themselves and doing all these sorts of things. And you're like, guys, you've not seen anything, you know, as bad as, you know, probably where we come from. But you, 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 if you knew or if only you knew, you could use your resources better and stuff. So uh, actually today I was in an Uber uh, with this guy from... Uh, from Cameroon, and he has told me he has not gone home in 12 years for real problems because he comes from the English-speaking part of the country where they are considered rebels, you know? Really? What? Danger. Yeah. You know, the, the, the country is divided into people that speak French and those that speak French English. And English. And they, 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 they have civil war, in, you know, in the country. And oh, the it's kind of like, like Belgium. Be... <laughs> it's literally Belgium. <laughs> Belgium in Africa, <laughs> two sides, one French, one Dutch. They hate each other. Yeah. Whoa, I had no so, idea. Actually, that's, yeah. It's, that's it's not quite the same with us. Um, our place is not quite there yet. I hope we never get there. But uh, yeah, not we sure. Could do a little better in a few other areas. I guess 100%. if you could, if you could compare, uh, I mean, those countries from this part of Africa and Cameroon or also Nigeria, there are things going on there. And if you compare to Rwanda, Uganda, Kenya, I mean, you guys are doing a way better if you compare to the other countries. Like they, they might be more developed. I mean, with resources and kind of stuff, yeah. but still. Uh, yes. Regarding regarding conflicts, you guys are doing a way better. I mean, if you Google it, the safest countries to visit in Africa, you guys are definitely top ten for sure. Uh, yeah, I, I think we've we've had our share of the wars, <laughs> and people are not interested in. Yeah, sure. But I think the problem comes back to politics. The problem comes back to politics. If, uh, yeah, politicians keep doing always. It, you know, <laughs> Not, all, yes, not sure. only over there, even right here. I mean, tell me about suck. Bolsonaro. <laughs> oh, fuck, bro. Fuck Bolsonaro, bro. Where to start? Where to tell start? his name? It's like, it's like Voldemort right here. If you tell Voldemort, <laughs> it's going to be worse. I mean, like Bolsonaro, fuck, bro. I mean, like, if, hopefully it's over this year. I mean, let's, let's see. Like, we have elections in October. So, yeah. <laughs> 
We just oh fuck my dog my bad guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I love the introduction, but actually like going, <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> the dog just came onto the screen. I was my gonna bag. say, um, Alan, the city that that friend of mine went is called Kabale. So yes. it's yeah, it's literally almost next to Rwanda. And exactly. back to the gorillas, did you a, have you been there and or mm-hmm. have you seen any gorillas on the wildlife like? Because it's insane, gorillas, for me. Because they don't know exist so in the South Africa. So, so um, those gorillas, you would most likely find them in um, in that part of the country. Um, if, if you even Googled it, they are geographically located in Western Uganda, Eastern Congo, and I think the north, northwest or northeast of, northwest of Rwanda in uh, a stretch of a forest along the Rift Valley. So um, I've never been there myself, but uh, I've had so many people that have gone there. Uh, but uh, you know, they're a bit. Um, it's it's it's, it's, a, it's a, first and foremost a very endangered species. So access to the forests or to their habitat is controlled, and because of that, there are long queues. You know, you you'll have to plan maybe six months in advance. For you to be able to actually, uh, oh, huge. to get Society a permit, and organize. Yeah, so it, it, it is. I'm not going to that. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. time and um, resources yet to put. But uh, it will be something on this uh, when I go back. Are you For there? sure, We're there. We're here. We're here. Yeah. Just getting off a little bit, but nice. but no, we heard you. We heard you. I was thinking, is it possible to be close to the gorillas, or do you have to see them like no, no, meters they're, away? They're, they're in a, they're in a th- thick forest, um, and you'd have to walk with rangers. Uh, they would know where they probably are, and you'd it's like a, a nature walk in the mountain and forest. Uh, so you're going to their habitat basically. So that's why okay, okay. You on just foot, walk on foot, through. on foot. Yeah, it's like a tracking exercise. It's actually nice. Oh, People that do oh, it. Okay, wow. Um, uh, it's a, it's an amazing activity. You should mm-hmm. uh, you should go. No, definitely. But, but doesn't sound <laughs> good to be close to a gorilla. Are they friendly or I don't think so. Yeah, they are. They are friendly. I think over the years it's been done and. You know, gorillas are naturally shy unless you kind of, you know, attack and stuff. So they'll tell you what to do and what not to do and just follow a guide or take up close pictures. So like a gorilla will hug you, but you'll, you know, be close enough to take a picture, uh, probably a picture without a flash, you know. There's a, a couple of things they will have to tell you to to do to, to make it safe for both you and the gorillas. So people do it and... Uh, do it so i hope i can do it sometime to myself for sure it's a gorilla and first of all a lot of people they think gorillas exist in all of africa but i explained that the gorillas only exist in four in uh in jungles and almost all of africa uh-huh. is savannas so no it's only central africa and very specific countries like congo rwanda and yeah. and uh uganda yeah. so just in those three countries by the way if you ask it's insane it's insane to think about that literally <laughs> It's crazy, yeah. but wow! Seeing a gorilla on foot next to you—I mean, they don't eat meat; they're um, herbivorous. I think they only eat plants, yeah. so they would, yeah. for example, a bear and a gorilla. 
Mm. They're almost like the same danger, but one eats you and the other just beats you to no, death. No, I don't think so, <laughs> it bro. It just leaves I your mean, body. <laughs> I mean, bears, bears, they're worse, bro. Do that before that. Right. <laughs> but I'm talking bears also, unless you, you, know, you kind of play around with them. But uh, I've, I've seen on movies and stuff, people go up close and it's not always a death sentence. <laughs> okay, Alan, w- would you prefer to be confronted by a bear or a gorilla? I've never been close to any. I would rather keep my distance I'll... if you ask me. But, uh... <laughs> I'll, do I'll definitely prefer to be close to a gorilla. Come on, a bear, bro. Gorilla. No, no way. Have, have, have you been close to a bear? No, never. Only at zoo. But there was a, <laughs> a cage right there, so they couldn't hit me. But but yeah, man, I would I would rather I would rather be close to gorilla. I mean, bears. I think bears so. Here, yeah, bears. They're dangerous, bro. They actually kill. Yeah. They actually kill people and kill. I mean, there was a fight between a crocodile and a bear. The bears won the fight, so I guess. Yeah, I guess they're they're pretty dangerous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think all right, the gorilla wins, (laughs) wins the argument. Well, and and now just like also going back to something that we talked about, Alan, and um, I I hope that you have seen Dennis on Yango. Let's get into it. Have you Uh, seen the? (laughs) Obviously, we had to get into this. Have you seen the documentary? I'm not. I have seen the documentary. Good work, by the way. <laughs> you, thank you, thank you. You, you. you gave me a heads up. So I'm not familiar so, with uh, it. How's it? So basically, while I was in South Africa, I was working on a very big documentary about Denis Onyango. He's a goalkeeper from oh. Uganda that plays for Sundowns, a South African team. And um, and the first time that I met Alan, I was like, hey, I'm, I'm working for this company and, and we're working on a, on a project for, for Sundowns of an Ugandan uh, football player. And then Helen was like, is it Dennis or Onyango? And I was like, yeah. And then we just talked so much about Dennis. And it was oh. an, just amazing. But but yeah, just feedbacks from the documentary. Did you think it represented Dennis the right way? Uganda the right way? What did you think? Yeah, I think you did, you did a job. You did your research. You, you um, it, it covers some stuff from Uganda and... Uh, I think it's, it's as good as they come. So good job, mm-hmm. good job. I, okay. I commend you for a job well done. <laughs> for sure, definitely watch it. Where is it on YouTube? On YouTube, yeah, on YouTube. All right. And um, and the country did um, was there any like news about the, did did the people there in the country liked it since uh, Danny? I've, I've not been home uh, since the beginning of the year, so I didn't know when it dropped. But then uh, it, it, it was a big thing on social media. It was trending in my in my group, right? So people would share it around and like, have you seen this? Have you seen this? Uh, it, it's good PR for us, you know? It, it, uh, sure. It's motivating. Uh, kids are, you know, uh, so motivated, everybody wants to play football and this and that. And Onyango is such a cool guy, right? So everybody kind of uh, wants to, you know, associate like with him. him and his successes, especially the national team. Mm-hmm. So he brings all that experience and and that kind of organization and vision into the national 
he's, he's an amazing guy. <laughs> and oh, yeah, that, cool. like for our listeners, Dennis Onyango, just going back a little bit, um, he's a, a goalkeeper from Uganda and he's basically the guy. I, I'm not, I'm not going to say the guy, but one of the most beloved people from the country, just because of how he acts when he's outside the country and when he goes back to the country and uh, how he talked so much about Uganda, how he actually represents Support the, the community. country, supporting community. He always gives back. But uh, Alan, you can yeah talk a little bit more about this, what Dennis does to the country, how he portrays everything. Yeah, so as, uh, as I say, uh, this is like an ambassador. He's like a brand, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, so he's, he's one of the fine exports uh, in form of talent and uh, great people, basically, that uh, Uganda has, has, has given to the world. Uh, maybe you could say South Africa. Uh, but um, in my opinion, I think he's... Um, on top of being rich and famous and, you know, having reached the highest echelons of success in his craft, he's a very humble man. And uh, he goes back home, he's involved in projects, he's been, you know, community responsibility and stuff. And uh, I'm, I'm forgetting what, uh, what uh, exactly his biggest foundation is about. But uh, what I know is that he's, he's, he goes back home. I think he spends most of his... Uh, his, 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 his breaks back at home and um, he's on television encouraging guys to you know, be responsible to um, talking to fellow footballers um, kind of showing them that you know um, the, 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 the the beauty and the, and, and, and the good things to do with uh, working hard and saving and being responsible so if you if you asked me um, I think he's a good uh, he's, he's a good ambassador the country and the role model for very many upcoming young uh, football players and um, generation, you might say. So, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm pretty broadly associated. <laughs> it's pretty good for to sure. hear because, I mean, uh, if you if we talk about Uganda, doesn't come any too many players on my mind. I mean, so if you're from from this country and you have the possibility to, you know, represent the way you are supposed to. You definitely have to do you I mean support a community spend your money like the whole money that you have um, helping your people that's how you're supposed to be i mean more for for this those countries that need it you know this this kind of icon representing the country you know so and i, I want to add a question right right here uh how, how big is soccer right there i mean how how, how do you guys like soccer and yes yeah, so how, how is it part of your life as well so, so people love football in my country, especially, unfortunately, English, you know, or European football, uh, as it is in many part, uh, countries in the world, because our local soccer is so developed, you know, it's just not until recent that we have local matches kind of broadcast on, uh, on, on television. Um, yeah, so... Um, People love their soccer, especially the, the Western teams, the English teams in particular. And uh, they follow the World Cup. They would know those Brazilian or the famous Brazilian footballers. Ooh. They would know people from Spain. People, they are football. <laughs> people love their football, right? So um, whereas um, it's not yet as uh, developed in form of 
a career because most of the people that play football have to make ends meet by doing something else. So you'll find uh, maybe a marker or a lawyer who plays football. Sure. Uh, but it is because football alone may not be enough to support you because it doesn't pay as much yet. Um, so you don't have a professional league right there? There is a professional league. So yeah, it's but... a professional league. I think mostly young people, but then once they get families or they get more responsibilities, if they don't get the breakthrough to go play for richer clubs that pay well, most of them have to get a, a, a conventional job. job. Yeah, exactly. So, okay. Yeah. And, and how basic, is you're basically oh, obligated well. to go to South Africa to go play like uh, or to earn real money? And even in South Africa, sometimes it's like you don't get what people from Europe receive. Fair amount, yeah. You know, always that. So, yeah, that's the, the worst thing. So, yeah, uh, Alan, I'm just going back to, to the question. Like, how, how was growing up right there in Uganda? I mean, you guys uh, used to play lots of soccer on the street. Um, how was your, yeah. you know, way to, to have growing fun up, as a kid? It depends. Uh, it depends on... Um, where you kind of grew up um, and maybe how well to do your family is. I grew up in a typical middle income class kind of family where most of the time we were in boarding school, right? Because those were the best schools at the time. So you would come home maybe three out of the 12 months. Um, and then most of the time you are away at school. But um, growing up, we, we, we used to walk around the neighborhoods. By then, there was still lots of vegetation around, so you would run off into forests looking for fruits and uh, playing all sorts of games that young children play. And then, uh, of course, you would maybe uh, play some soccer. I never played soccer myself because I was always a very tiny, tall boy that was kind of vulnerable to being kicked all over the place, so I never risked playing football. But uh, I played volleyball um, mm -hmm. when I got older in secondary school. Yeah, so um, as, as I was saying, uh, the childhood really depends so much on how well your family is. So whereas um, people that grew up in the more rural areas will probably um, play along with, um, or they might find themselves getting involved in maybe agriculture or depending on what the household does, right? They will get involved because, I mean, you could use all the resources you find. Um, but then there is the middle class like myself that uh, spent most of our childhood in school because you go to boarding school and that's where you learn the games and all these sorts of things. And then there are the super richest, usually politicians, um, uh, children that fly all over the place. Just like I think it happens everywhere. Yeah, but, um, um, importantly, again, it was a very happy environment, usually with a lot of family yeah. and friends, and uh, you do things that little kids do, right? But uh, yeah, so I don't think it was a bad way growing up. If I look back on it, maybe uh, I would spend a, lot, a little more time with, uh, with, with my friends, right? Because we were always in school. Uh, trying to read hard because we, we had this adage that if you do not excel in class, then you are, you know, kind of doomed. 
because because um, you're gonna be a bum. Have so much um, extra <laughs> No, because what happens is um, if you don't make it into formal employment, you know, like I I just told you, footballers, most of them have to yeah yeah employment to make ends meet. To musicians, you know, or these other um, kind of talent-based, um, um, what do you call them, jobs, right? They don't Crazy. pay quite as well yet. Of course, of course, of yeah. course. So it's so it's almost like a, a must to have good grades because even if you pursue a career in talent, if that doesn't work, you can still go to the plan B, which is work in a corporate environment or what not but in a more like focused skilled um in knowledge position 100 exactly yeah for sure for sure for sure yeah we can um close the podcast now with the with the question what do you think Juan? do you want to add uh, something else yeah i mean like just wanted to to bring that topic that uh, how, how's the music right there because i see uh, many video clips from Uganda, I mean, just kind of a specific dancing from there. So, could you tell us about? Yeah, so, uh, as 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 I told you, people from Uganda love to be happy, right? They know how to have a party, so they'll they'll catch on 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 the most recent dancing style and stuff. So it's uh, it's very common that you'll find people dancing or happy. But, But what uh, is the name you of your? you know, of your country dance. I mean, there was a kind of, you know, name of Afrobeat, like naming, you know, Uganda. Don't you have such a thing? Yes. So, so the music is um, turning more Afrobeat. Um, everybody wants to play music that kind of uh, falls in the category of Afrobeat dance per se, because we are very multicultural society. Um, mm -hmm. You must be aware that there are so and cultures where I come from, maybe over 45 or something. So most of those have their own piece and uh, bits and pieces of culture, I, which are usually shades, many shades of gray, right? There's a chunk of people, the Bantu, that, you know, do their things in a particular way, in the nylots and whatnot. I wouldn't want to go into um, the history and stuff. But uh, um, I would say most of, of them, The most common um, dances you'll find people doing and whatnot will be things that are imports from Nigeria or Tanzania, or, you know. So most of yeah, those catch on moment, and before you know, another one comes, you know. I, I think Nigeria so, is probably the country with the most like uh, music made there. They, they have an insane industry in music. So many artists. Development in music is crazy there, and awesome even movies. Cameroon as well, <laughs> and those weird movies. <laughs> yeah, the, the Nollywood, right? <laughs> A very strange uh, CGI film. Like, actually, from Nigeria. these are some of the. <laughs> Have you watched any? Yeah, I did. I did I've, watch like two or three movies from Nollywood. I mean, I, I really like those movies. Uh, Because because they show different perspectives that I'm used to if you watch you know American or European movies. So I really I really it, it catches me. I mean my attention for sure. I only watched uh, a few of the funny clips that Nigeria has on Twitter, which are, which are like uh, they're meant to be not taken seriously because they're very bad. 
but they're still funny. So. <laughs> Uh, the songs are—I mean, the quality of the songs are pretty good. I mean, I don't understand why the music is amazing. But... The music is amazing. Yeah, yeah. The, the video content itself—that yeah, yeah, yeah. can be debatable. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. One hundred percent. And now, just just before I close down, just because I'm very interested in the food in Uganda. Oh yeah. Like, the stereotype is like insects, you know, like the the fried insects and all of that. Is that actually true, or do you, or do you guys actually have like? A well-made. That is, totally, uh, that is that is that is that is totally wrong. And uh, you see, sometimes uh, such things get more publicity, you know, than the yeah. actual, you know, food you see and stuff. So again, depending on which part of the country you visit, right, you find uh, that most people eat um, plantain. Um, there is a, 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 a variety of bananas, you know, that are, you, you boil before they ripen. I don't know uh, whether Zhao has, has seen those in Brazil because we are told they come from Latin America. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah uh, we do yeah, have so lots of bananas right here, and I love bananas. Or, uh, exactly, so there will be bananas or um, rice. Or... Actually, most people eat uh, uh, maize meal. <clears throat> Yeah, so we call it posho back at home, and then uh, you would eat it with a, a, a protein like maybe meat or vegetables, beans. So, so there's plenty of food back at home. Actually, one of the things that so many choices to choose from, whereas here, uh, the uh, European, bit limited if you ask me. So if, if you love your food, Uganda would be less for you to try it out 100 percent. every time that we speak with an african person he he tells like i mean there's so much variety and even more there's so much flavor in the food like because things are made with yeah. natural ingredients like the herbs the sauces they're they they're the things that make the, the flavor spices in are the food. natural exactly so um, that would be one that i would say that almost every african country especially from the center part has the most so yeah and and for people to understand that just because someone comes from africa doesn't mean that their dinner is going to be insects yeah, fried sure. crickets yeah or worms. it's a horrible stereotype uh, yeah but again sometimes those things get more you know coverage than uh than the more important stuff, right? I would, I would rather sell my country as maybe a place where the coffee that you take in Europe is grown, you know? Because you guys take coffee like three, four times a day, right? Yeah, in Brazil, we, do, sure. we do have 100%. coffee, like three or four or five times a day. It's horrible for his stomach, but, but still, I'm addicted on coffee. And... And yeah, I mean, for sure. Oh, Guilherme, freeway now, bro. Freeway to right. do the questions. So, Alan, we always finish our podcast with this question. Um, mm -hmm. So, if I were to tell you, what is the thing that makes you the most proud about being from Uganda? What would you say? Um, what can I say? Um proud from um, I'm, I'm, I'm proudly Ugandan uh, because um, 
I come from a country that is ever green, <laughs> ever sunny. You know, we have the best weather you'll find in the world. Um, and food, you know, I'm proud of our food. I'm proud of our weather. I'm proud of our community, you know. So I'm, 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 I'm a happily Ugandan because I get to enjoy the best weather in the world. <laughs> Summer all year round, right? It doesn't matter where you go. You'll, you'll see the sun. I guarantee you 100%. But also the green uh, the vegetation, we have biodiversity, we have good food, so many good things that come with nature, right? Mm-hmm. Amazing. For sure. 100%. I mean, like things that come from Earth, I mean, the natural things that are the best ones that we, we could have in our land, for sure. I mean, I'm really proud of the things that come to Earth right here in Brazil. And uh, you definitely have to feel the same right here right there so for sure alan thank you so much for accepting the invitation yes. and for being our guest right here i appreciate it a lot this episode and how happy you were to talk about your country to talk about this, your story right there in south africa thank you so much for that and guilherme you too bro thanks uh, for being with me always likewise and yeah, Ellen, thank you so much for coming. I that conversation that we had was so amazing, and I was like, okay, we we gotta talk this through on the podcast, and that's why I was like, yeah, on our Ugandan podcast, you'll come definitely. So I'm glad we did this. Well, I'm glad you had time to have a small chat with me. Uh, hopefully, we can have a better discussion next time with better internet. <laughs> I could, I could for find sure right now. 100%, 100%. And I'm gladly to come back to South Africa for a couple of days just and we can have that there. Who knows? Let's see. For sure. Right. So guys, thank you so much for reaching to the end of this amazing Uganda edition of Worldwide Podcast. So see you next week. Bye-bye. See you next week, guys. Bye-bye. <laughs>